For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Looking better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all your basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B L E A V 50, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where, all, where, you, where, the, where the game starts. Believe in the Arizona Cardinals. It is your Arizona Cardinals-centric specific show my brother, especially with, with the uh, the offline conversations that we have, my brother, Easy, <laughs> my brother and Easy Smith, I am Javon J. Love Adams, and he played not only professional baseball, uh, but he also played in the National Football League for, you know, the, for uh, among others. He played for the Atlanta Falcons when they went to the the Super Super Bowl. Yeah, Super Bowl for the first time uh, against and lost to the Broncos. So, how are you doing today, my brother? Doing good, man. Uh, you know, tough loss for the Cardinals. Uh, hopefully, they get a little bounce back coming up here. But uh, you know, we got a lot to talk about, man. A lot of good, a lot of bad. So yeah, we so this typically we we like to lay out exactly what we're going to talk about. This is a little bit more free form, and so for the reason being, because of injury, injury, and Ed, I want to get your easy. I want to get your thoughts on COVID. This is something we haven't really had to talk about for in about the last what year and a half. So so we're going to talk about that in terms of how you think this will impact not only football but maybe in terms of on a macro level sports in the in, in North America for for the lack of a better term. So when I say injury DeAndre Hopkins is the is the uh, player that is injured so uh, your thoughts it's interesting and you you have I, you, my brother, I love you. I love you to death. 
I see how the the game of football has impacted you physically. So when we talk about the range of time when uh, from the low end to the high end, from when a player should come back from injury, I want your thoughts on that. And before we get into that, I want your thoughts on how the, the game played out against the Los Angeles Rams. And of course, looking forward to the game against the, uh, the Detroit Lions as one of those games where they should win. But how is, how, how is, what is the psyche like of the team? So before we get into to the psyche of the team and DeAndre Hopkins, we watched that game. I was sitting here, my, my oldest son, back from Norfolk State University. We're sitting all in the living room. We're watching this game, and it didn't end the way that we thought that it should. When you watch this game, what stood out to you? Uh, I've, I've, I've heard and I've read things about maybe some of the miscues of, uh, of Kingsbury. Do you think that he had any miscues? What do you think about this, the way that this game played out? Absolutely had some miscues in that game. And Jay, all year long, we've been praising Kingsbury about his in game, um, you know, first off coming into the game with original and creative game plans, then making adjustments accordingly, then making great decisions in game. You know, you don't get right. to 10 and two, now 10 and three, obviously, uh, without doing a good job. You know, this was the game. And, and I think we've been talking for a while about. What's going to happen that first real pressure kind of game where expectations as, as every win, they start to rise. Uh, now, you know, we're looking at you to even with the finer tooth comb with that magnifying glass. And what I saw in this game was Kingsbury revert back to some of his old bad habits okay. when he's a little unsure of himself. Uh, game plan wasn't as crisp. And then, in game, he wasn't making the right adjustments, meaning the Rams started doing some things, you know, we didn't have an answer for it. We didn't have that counter punch. And then there were several, several opportunities to make that great coaching decision, you know, going forward on a fourth and one when you're down two scores anyway and Prater's already hit two 50-plus yard field goals. You kick right. a field goal, now it's a one-score game instead of going for it and then going forward with a run right up the middle through trying to go through the heart of their defense, Jay, when you have Mighty Mouse out there, when you have Alan Murray <laughs> who can just spin you. I mean, you give one fake inside, next, you know, he's around the corner sliding, you know, either inbounds or out of bounds, whatever, or getting out of bounds, whatever it is. You decide to run Connor right up the middle, you know, and then even later in the game when you have another opportunity to maybe get, you know, back into the game, he ran a lot of clock trying to get that field goal instead of kicking a field goal with two plus minutes or whatever was left. And now you've got that much more time plus two minute warning, et cetera, et cetera. Instead, you're just grinding it, grinding it. And, you know, even the guys on, on the, the TV are like, man, you got to kick the field goal here. So you give yourself much more time. Cause you already, you need the three anyway. It wasn't right. like you just needed a touchdown or touchdown and two point conversion. So, right. you know, I, I just got the impression, man, that, once again, we had Kingsbury, and you know, you, I, Earl, and Sean, we always yeah. joke about it all the time. I think we had Kingsbury over there shuffling those papers, not quite sure what he should do, and right. that included in-game adjustments and then in-game uh, decisions. And like I said, he just did not do a great job in those avenues. And, you know, it's really a shame because 
we had set ourselves up at 10 and 2 with an opportunity to basically knock the Rams out. That's right. right. With, the, with the margins being so thin as well. Yeah. I mean, we would have been three games up with four to go with a sweep of them. Basically, you would have, we would have just said game, set, match, division is over. Now what you've done, right. you've given them momentum in terms of what their season could be. We're now only a game in front of them with a split, which means all the other tiebreakers and everything come into effect. And I just think we, we blew a great opportunity if nothing else, just to put on a better show. Right. You know, it's one thing if you come out and every both teams are firing on all cylinders, it's middle of the ring, duking it out, and in the end, it's a 12-round split decision. This one, in my opinion, was a unanimous decision for the mm-hmm. Rams in terms of who came out with a better game plan, who coached better, who played mm-hmm. better on the field, made a better decision throughout the game. So does it make it seem like that the win earlier this season was more of an aberration than a shift in the way in which this ser- this this uh, this interaction will go? No, because you got to remember, it's still a split. I don't care how you get them, we still okay. split with them, and you can't take that win away from uh, the Cardinals. I just, like I said, I think they let a great opportunity fall by the wayside. But I mean, the reality is, Jay, we're still ten and three. First in the division, albeit now instead of three games up, we're only one. But, you know, we followed that early season victory up with some other impressive wins going into San Fran, uh, going up to Seattle, you know, different things like that. So this is, hasn't been an aberration. It's just, my, in my opinion, when you're trying to get to that next level, there's one thing, so everybody, you know, obviously we got seven teams from each division getting to the playoffs. It's one right. thing to be a playoff team. It's another thing to be a Super Bowl contender. And Ooh. you got to take those steps. You know, if we want to just be a Super Bowl team, I mean, a right. playoff team, you know, we're doing exactly what we should do. We'll, you know, right. we'll get in there against the big boys and we'll bow out in the first round, uh, maybe a wild card game or something like that. And then it's on the next year. We can hopefully build on this. If you're one of those four or five or six teams that have Super Bowl aspirations, you're going to yeah. be facing these type of games in the playoffs. There are no slouches in the playoffs. These games, you're getting ready, like we're going down the home stretch now. We get into the playoffs, it's all the big dogs that are out there. And these are the type of games week in and week eight. You get into the playoffs, Jay, you beat a uh, – we're saying you have to reface the Rams. Up next is the Green Bay Packers. Or up next is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, so these are the type of games and the type of situations, crunch time situations, that Kingsbury and, you know, anybody who follows us knows we've talked about this before. The the one X factor is – He's, he's, he's doing a better job, but is he quite ready? You know, it's one thing to be on the, you know, the school, school stage for, you know, an after school play or whatever. It's another, <laughs> it's another to be uh, live at the Apollo, right? right. True, <laughs> true, true. All right. So, so speaking of being live at the Apollo, we talked about this earlier in the season, uh, the first three or four weeks, the first quarter of the season, so to speak, where Kyler Murray would have some of those, Interceptions, you know what I'm talking about, because oh. so so I see you shaking your head. Where there were those ill-timed. I mean, there's never a good time for a turnover, but but sometimes there are just worse times than others for a turnover. So he had two of those, I, I believe, in the, in this in this last game. Mm-hmm. What did you see? Is that one of those things where he's pressing? What was your interpretation of of those turnovers? Common theme for. Kyler, it's a lot of times when he's in the pocket, Jay, I don't think he has clear vision because he's not 
of tall stature. Let's just say gotcha. that. Gotcha. I think what is law that, and I'll be honest, that first interception, the one that Donald uh, deflected, in my opinion, that was the game shifter. And I know it was so early in the game, first quarter, you're like, well, how can it was so? Man, that was the game shifter. You're up three. You've already had a yeah. successful drive. You're getting yeah. ready to go in. You score. You're up ten, which is two scores, and you've already you've deflated them. What you did by throwing that interception, you basically gave them new life. They went mm-hmm. down, and then they scored, took the lead, and then from there we were chasing them. I want to point something out about that interception too. Please people do. People look. People look at the deflection, right? If you look at what was going on behind that throw. If Donald didn't deflect it, they had do, that ball was going right into the arms of whoever was behind in the secondary. That right. was one that that's trying to like trying to squeeze a, a grapefruit through a keyhole, bro. And I don't know what he was looking at or seeing, but right. the fact that it was deflected, it was like, oh, you know, nah. I'm looking at the pass itself, non-deflected. I still think that ball was intercepted, and I okay. do think because he in the pocket with all those big. Uh, trees in front of you, I just think he's not – especially here's the thing you always have to remember, too. When the field is condensed in the in the red zone, right? Yes, yes. The DBs have so less room to cover. You can only run so far to the back of the end zone. They got to cover side to side. Now, instead of a uh, 60-yard field, they got to cover basically 10 to 15 yards back in the end yes, zone, sir. whatever it is. So they can obviously cloud things up with a lot of guys – whether they're bringing, you know, extra guys off the edge or whatever, but there's also more guys in coverage because nobody has to cover whatever happens behind, right? Yes, sir. So there's more congestion in there. I don't think when when he dropped straight back in that pocket, I don't think he was able to see clearly what was going on in the secondary. So the fact that say, uh, Don, Donald deflected that, that was a near – that was a uh, – I think that was more of – it, that was the first bad thing that could happen, but there was yeah. also something waiting behind that throw either. And like I said, for me, that was the turning point of that game, even though it was so early, because it basically gave the Rams life back. And then they got their stuff together, rolled on down the field, scored, and then scored again. And the game, we never got control of it again. It was almost like a chess game where both yeah. of you are playing, right? And all of a sudden you lose your queen. And now you're battling, trying to catch up with rooks and you play chess. And you play man, chess. I get down with it. You kidding me, man? I, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm not. We got a chess board I'm, I'm not trying to say I play chess. Yeah, I play chess. Okay. I would, love, I would love to learn from you so that I can become smarter. So I'm hey, bro, I've been playing chess since I was a little boy. Taught by my dad. Okay. One of our favorite things to ever do in life was me and him play, and uh, him and Quentin play as well. He used to play with Quentin before he passed. So yeah. yeah. We can definitely get that in, but okay. Yeah, so, so yeah. not, so not this Saturday. Next, no, this Saturday is you no. Know, during our, during our, our hiatus, hiatus yeah. we're gonna play. So, because I want to learn, I want to learn okay. to look at the, to look at life, to look at opportunities. Absolutely. Like that. So, yeah, matter of fact, I, I know we're talking on the show, but I tell you what, we can do, man. I got a little small board we can even take. And sit up while we're having a frosty beverage. My brother. My yes, sir. Brother. Especially, <laughs> especially, especially a place where we've been. Where hey. they say, where's Ed? Where's Ed? <laughs> hey, what's up? J- Jay's here. Where's Ed? But yes, my brother. So, so yes, yeah. please do, because I want to learn from you. Okay, but, absolutely. So I'll say this. That second, that second interception, that seemed to be, that. that's, that's a momentum killer, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
we always talk about now the second one, and I can't remember that one quite as vividly as the first one. But we all know, and I can't remember, was it a Chuck and Duck? I wasn't quite I, a Chuck and Duck. I remember seeing just the, just the just the uh, effect of it. Yeah, in terms of looking and saying, "Wait, why would you throw that?" Once again, I'm telling you, man, his vision is sometimes impaired. And I let me take Jay. Can I take you even? a step away from the interception. You know, this is a play that it goes so unnoticed because it wasn't a reception. It could have been a huge play. Remember the play, and I can't remember if it was A.J. Green or D-Hop down the right side. Mm -hmm. The defender fell down on the play about 20 yards into the route. Whoever the wide receiver was had broken free. Kyler Murray did his old... Chuck and Duck, where he did not see where he was throwing. He just figured, I'm going to throw it to the area where I think he's going to be. Didn't even look to see that the wide receiver had broken free. Just throws it up there, hails it up there. And the wide receiver was so open, but the ball is even thrown to the opposite side of him. That play right there, Jay, is seven points. If you're able to stand in the pocket, you see that receive, you see that DB go down. You know how many times Tom Brady would hit that out of a hundred? Or or uh, Aaron Rodgers with a nice – you see the receiver already breaking free, lofted up there a little higher, so even he has more time to come under it. Uh, you hit him on the line because you don't want maybe a DB to come over from the other side to get to him. He did the one, the Chuck and Duck that we always talk about. Um, before our show on Sunday, I'm going to go back and find that play so we can have exactly time and stamp when when it happened. But you look at little plays like that, and that's the difference in seven and, once again, another momentum swing. And then, obviously, we talk about the two interceptions. There are little things in Kyler's game that every now and then he gets away with stuff, and I, I'm a firm believer sometimes he gets away with it because he's got D-hop on the outside bailing him out or something else that's occurring. In this instance, all three, the two interceptions and that one he missed down the sideline, those were opportunities missed. And I'm not taking anything away from Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is – uh, a highlight reel every single week. But if you're going to be the quarterback that gets this franchise and this team over the hump to that next level, those are the type of plays he's going to have to stop making, meaning the interceptions and the chuck and ducks where I'm just going to let it go. I don't know where I'm throwing it, but I think somebody's out there. Those are not plays. I'd rather have him dump it off to an outlet than just turn and just throw it willy-nilly down the field. So like I said, we got a lot of things that I think, you know, to, to, to take not just bad but good from this game, but definitely those are a couple of things that I'm really kind of uh, wondering about as we move forward. Yeah. I, the thing that worries me is that it, what do we hear about oftentimes in, uh, in football? Sometimes in basketball, hero ball. Mm-hmm. Does that concern you? Because if 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 you're telling me I'm the savior, so therefore I have to be that dude that does everything that gets us to the next level. So therefore, we're not going to get to the next level unless I take us there. So hero ball, does that concern you? I don't necessarily, I'm not concerned too much about that. I am concerned okay. about it does still seem sometimes like Kyler never takes responsibility, meaning it always seems like it's always somebody else's fault 
I did you see that on the sidelines a little bit on Monday? That I saw. I saw. Yeah. It was like it was looking like. Yeah. Now let me ask you a question. These fools around me don't know about what I do. Let me ask you a question. You didn't find okay. the open window to get yes, the ball sir. past that deflection, right? Yes. Whose fault is that? But yours. I mean, that's. I mean, you gonna blame Donald because he put his hands up? What you doing on the defense side? You're not supposed to be putting your hands up trying to block my ball. You know. I mean, it, it was obviously nobody's fault on the uh, offensive line. Oh well, you didn't block him well enough. What you know? These are the type of things I'm still looking for him. Right, you know, right. to be like, look, you know what? That's all on me right there. You know, I I have not ever heard him say it or even give the body language <laughs> like that is you know like uh, you're saying. I know there's other quarterbacks. I mean, I, I know, and, I, I know, but is that is that that's the. And this is this might be something for another show. Maybe it's yeah. for for the off season. But is that the mark of a leader? And so, so when I say that, I'm saying not only for Kyler, but I'm saying for Aaron Rodgers. I'm saying yeah. for some of these other players where they blame everybody else and say you should have been where you you know whatever it is, but they're not putting when they point those that finger out and those four are pointing back at them or whatever it is they're they're not taking accountability for what they could have done to have adjusted the outcome just because you have great talent and we're talking great talent in a yes, Kyler Murray and a Aaron Rodgers yes, uh, you sir. know you throw does not mean you're infallible and what yes, happens sir. is sometimes like these certain dudes it's like well you know Hey, I I did what I was supposed to do. How come everybody else isn't doing what they're supposed to do? They always find <laughs> a fault with why this happened. And if they didn't do that, ah, that would have never happened to me. You know that type of thing. The sign of a great leader, right. Jay, is you look at the number of times that the greatest of all time, Tom Brady, has said, "You know what? I got to do better." You know, I I you know I made some bad throws. I made some bad reads. I did this, that, and the other, you know. And we will see him occasionally get after some of his dudes on the sideline. But I guarantee you that's because he wants them to be better. They want him, him, them to hold up to his standard because he's trying to be the greatest. I want you to do as you know. You can't get to my level, maybe, but I want you to be as prepared as I am, on the same page as I am. We're working together, and I, very rarely have I, you know, got the feeling like Tom is like pointing a finger at somebody or giving them the go sit on the sideline with your hands crossed, with your helmet on top and that type of thing. You know, <laughs> yes. and I'm, you know, those are things that I see. I know fans don't want to see it. Maybe some reporters and media do. That's something that's going to have to change over the course of time. Uh, because I'll I, I be really honest with you. After a while, it starts to wear on even your biggest supporters within the locker room because guys will eventually sit down and, you know, maybe stay late and you're in the training room and they start talking to each other and the whispers start, st- you know, it's like, mm. man, golly, you know, I know he walks in water. He thinks he walks in water, but come I on. Know Love is like, dope. I know Javon is dope. I know Javon is dope. always talking about how handsome he is and <laughs> how he's got the best traps in the world. And, you know, I'm not here all the time, you know. Only thing is, I ain't got nobody sitting and talk to about you. So. <laughs> true indeed, true indeed. But, yeah, but 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 the, that stuff does happen in the locker room, right? Yes, it does. It does. I mean, it's just the natural course of nature. You know, you know guys, like I said, everybody – one, when we're doing good or, you know, great, certain yeah. people all get the credit, right? Yes, sir. And then when things also fall apart, what's the first thing everybody does? 
Well, mm. with the offensive line, obviously they're not holding the, you know, <laughs> you know the, like, well, wait a minute. I mean, the offensive line gave up a few sacks the other day, right? Yes. I mean, how many of those four were the, the, the patented uh, spin and, uh-oh, yes. I'm just going down, stop, drop, and roll like there's a fire on the field somewhere. I know? did see you. Yes, 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 my brother. And, I mean, you can't hear the thing, and I talk about this all the time. Every now and then, it's okay to step up in the pocket. Because I get the Rams had a plan of attack, and they pulled this off to almost perfection. Because a couple times when they didn't pull off to perfection, yes, they were pounding the middle of our defense with those two defensive tackles, and then they were having both of their ends up the field contained. So, you yeah. know, where are you supposed to go if you're trying to spin out? You're spinning right into trouble. Now there were a couple times when Floyd peeked in a little too much. He gave Kyler that exit out the back door. You know, so those are things that. They probably got on him about on the sideline. But, I mean, that plan of attack, I mean, every now and then, bro, you got to be willing to step up into the pocket instead of doing the patented spin. And like I said, and then when it's not there, I mean, bro, he's like, he's trying to get down like somebody, like somebody firing rockets at him. He's like, Boop. I mean, but like I say that's another thing that's going to have to change in this game. And I know he's challenged because he doesn't have that ability to step up into the pocket and then still see over everything that's coming at him, you know? So you take a Tom Brady or somebody, Tom will step up, and sometimes it's just a shuffle, shuffle to the right, left, step up, get rid of it, where, like I said, Kyler is doing that spin. But going back to our point, then he falls for the sack, and it's the offense, you know, now instead of him, you know, being pointed at, it's like, well, you know, offensive line, they weren't protecting him all night. I'm like, I saw some pretty good protection out there, minus a few, obviously, flubs, but – these are things that, you know, someday we're going to I'd love to hear Kyler address us about maybe one or two plays that he might not have been on point about. But thus far, he's been, you know, his QBR, according to him, has been 150 or whatever the perfect rating is, you know? <laughs> so before we get continue on, say goodbye to Doug Gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but just are grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in a blush pink and a beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off price so that so they won't have to. They uh, they really do uh, make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. Hey, can, Jay, can I make a, just a disclaimer real quick? Because, you know, people listen to me talk sometimes probably, and they're like, how can you, you know, talk about the Cardinals? Like, look, bro, I, I love what they've done so far to this point. What, 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 what you say? You say, look, bro, look, bro. Well, I don't want anybody to think we're haters. I, I'm just pointing yeah. out my observations in terms of where I think Kyler is strong, where I think yes. he needs improvement, and then some areas I think he's weak in, you know, both on and off. Not When I say off the field, meaning when he's on the sideline and stuff like that, you know. He's going to have to grow into being a leader. Just because you have great talent does not mean you're a great leader. Just because you're the starting quarterback for a team 
does not make you a leader. You have to grow into some of those roles. And sometimes we forget he's as young as he is, you know, but like I said, these are things, if he's going to go to that next level, we're going to have to see improvements on it. So when it comes to growth, especially with the quarterback, we talk about leadership. And so with leadership, it's interesting because a couple of, you know, to, not this, not at the beginning of this recent season, but the previous season, once DeAndre Hopkins was on the team, we talked about leadership. And, you know, what, what does that look like when it comes to QB1, when it comes to the wide receiver, all those types of things. So at the, uh, what is it, the end, uh, I think it was the fourth quarter of the Monday Night Football game, we had uh, an injury that took place with DeAndre Hopkins. And essentially, his knee was injured. And so it became an MCL. So correct me if I'm wrong, easy. An MCL injury that we'll get to the time frame of the injury because that's what I want to get to you. That I want to get your thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. But just on the macro level of DeAndre Hopkins, because I've heard locally a lot of a lot of, uh, of of folks on the radio talk about. Well, he wasn't leading the team in say like receptions or yards, but of course in 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 uh, touchdown receptions. But they they were trying to balance that out with because there's so much talent in that receiver room where there there is the opportunity to be able to to maybe mitigate some of the different things because people are so focused on DeAndre Hopkins, on D-Hop. I'm, I, I like to, I'd like that in, in the sense of, yeah, we, we know D-Hop is the dude. So if we focus on him and then we got Rondell, uh, I still love Rondell because I, I keep thinking of my Uncle Wendell. When, I, when, I, when my Uncle Wendell would, you know, have the cigarette bobbing out of his mouth or a toothpick or something like that. And I'm like, well, well, we got that boy. Well, we got that boy. What you got that? Well, yeah, we got we got that injury over there, boy. We got that. We got that injury. But but so Rondell, we got AJ Green. We have uh, you know Kirk Christian Kirk. These different receivers. We have uh, what's my man? Uh, the 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 tight end that came. From, Zach Ertz. from the Eagles. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Zach Ertz. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the ball. What is your concern about the injury to DeAndre Hopkins before we get into the wide range of time before he's expected to come back? I think it's a huge deal. I know people say that, well, we lost, we won three games or two and one, two and one when he was not in the lineup. What happens, though, Jay, when you lose a talent like uh, D-Hop, you forget how much other teams have to prepare for him when he's in the lineup and how much attention he draws when he's in the lineup. Teams will now be able to take him off the board for the next four weeks of the regular season, then we'll see where we go into the postseason. But you now no longer have to prepare for him. He's not out there on the field. He also is – how many times I just brought it up a few minutes ago, he's been a bailout for yes. uh, Kyler Murray. There have been times when he's just thrown it up, and I, I guarantee you he won't do that with a Christian Kirk or Rondell Moore. He will not do that because he knows all I got to do is get it in the area of DeAndre yes. Hopkins, and if he's not catching it, nobody else is. We've seen True. that several True. times. He's made some of these amazing catches uh, when you didn't think there was any way he could do it. Look back to the 
the Hail Murray, right? Last year, right? Yes, sir, who, yes, other sir. Than, who other than Diop could have made that catch? So what happens is now teams can now take their focus off to have to cover DeAndre Hopkins. You can now put another dude in the box, maybe to help on the run, you because you now don't have to double team over the top or, you know, regard where he is in the formation. There's a lot more that comes to, well, we got a whole lot of dudes in that room that have done, mm. you know. Now you hope somebody else steps up. But you, I guarantee you, nobody else in that room is going to be DeAndre Hopkins. So mm. it is a big, in my opinion, it's a big loss, especially this late in the season, um, because now game plan, not just for the defenses facing us, are going to have to change, but game plan for us as an offense moving forward are going to have to change as well. Now, gotcha. I will say this much. He hasn't been as statistically strong Throughout the season, obviously, he's been, he's been hampered all through the year with the hamstring and now with obviously being gone with his knee and everything. But I'm yes. telling you, bro, his absence is going to mean a whole lot because no, nobody's going to have to game plan for him moving forward. Now we can talk about the injury itself. You go ahead and lead on to that. All right. So I there's on the low end, there's six weeks. MCL, six weeks. On the high end, I've seen three or four months. What does that look like from the pressure that's put onto an athlete? Because, oh, six weeks? So you should be back in six weeks, right? If I'm back in six weeks, I might be at 60%, 70%, 75%. I'm not going to be at 80%. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not going to be at full capacity in terms of what I can do. And I think that's... a in my opinion, it's a disservice when it comes to what the athlete, the the expectations of the athlete. Tell me where I'm wrong, where I'm right. But that six six weeks. So think about it, six weeks. So fans expecting, how come D Hop's not back in six weeks? All the way up to three months. What does that look like? And and did that did that touch you? Did that impact you any type of way? When you when you start to hear the the different the 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 range of of return, well, Jay, you know my story, and I you know I my first major injury in football was a ruptured MCL mm. in '96 when I was over in the World League, and this is when I was trying to make my way onto the field, prove myself, eventually, hopefully, come back here and find a job. Four weeks into my season, I had a ruptured MCL, not a not a torn one. I'm not sure exactly how severe his was, but I know he's having surgery on it. Now, right. he opted I, for surgery. He, so, yeah, he opted so, for surgery. Now, so, for so me, again, where, so real quick, so again, where you are, so my brother, my brother, we have deep, heartfelt, deep conversations that we will not share on this on, on this podcast. But, but what I'm saying is that, so when you think about the 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 long-term ramifications mm-hmm. of coming back too soon from an injury or coming back right on time. But go ahead, my brother. Let me, first off, let's explain to people what an MCL is, right? Yes. The MCL, medial collateral ligament, that's the one that goes across the inside part of your knee that keeps your knee from pop, literally popping out inwardly. So when you either tear that or rupture, in my case, I ruptured it, mm-hmm. I had nothing keeping my knee from staying in that socket, from popping out. So right. I had a total rupture, one piece up here, the other down there. 
Um, I rust my, I, I went, I opted not to have surgery because if I had surgery, they were telling me it was three to four months, hmm. um, recovery. What I did was I opted to try to, cause I knew this was my one shot to try right. to get into the NFL. So I'm over there in Europe. They actually flew me all the way back to Birmingham, Alabama to a uh, health South. I rehab for four weeks, Jay, twice a day, six days a week, one, once a day on Sundays. What I did was we beat the knee up enough to develop scar tissue that took the place of the MCL. So this day, I still don't have an MCL. Sure. I have scar tissue that grew in place of it, which after four weeks, I fooled my trainers and everybody in to put me on a plane to get but back. But they don't to care it. about that. Fans don't care they about don't that. Care. Fans don't care about that. They don't. But for me, yeah. it was my life. I was trying to get into the league. So I Speaking went back on. over. They put me in this huge brace, Jay. That I mean, it was almost like a mini cast, but I was a tight end, right? So I'm a tight end, and yes, I still had I had minimal speed. I still, Jay, even after all that beating up of that knee, building the scar tissue, yes, the scariest thing was going up a flight of stairs or something like that and taking a step. You know, you take for granted, you turn and you just walk. I did that one time, and that yes, knee popped through that scar tissue, bro. You talking about just pure agony. So you're asking DeAndre Hopkins. Well, here's the thing: if yes, you're rehabbing man. to just walk upstairs or be it's able to go irresp- to work, real quick, it's irresponsible. Or- it's irresponsible to report six weeks because the 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 organization wants six weeks. That's what I, I heard. I heard this, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to be the dude that says I didn't hear this, you know, from other sources. But I think it's important because I heard this locally. The 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 organization wants six weeks. Yeah, yeah. The the agent and the player wants three to four months because I want to I want to be able to live my life. Go ahead. That's his livelihood too. And then like people in the organization, sometimes they'll put pressure on you. It's like, how hey man, we need you back. What's going? You know. And quite honestly, I think, like you said, it is unfair, and I think it's very unrealistic. I know what, and like I said, we'll have to wait to see exactly what they report as far as how severe the damage was. But, Jay, if he had the slightest of tears in this MCL, they're going to go in there and repair it. It takes way more than six weeks. to. And I, I once again will say this. Let's throw this all in the calculation mode, Jay, right? Yes, okay. Sir. So you have an operation on an MCL, something like that. It's going to take you two, three, four weeks just to like rehab through the pain. Meaning we're just trying to get you to where you can walk. Uh, the swelling goes down, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then two weeks later, you're supposed to be out there on an NFL field. But if I was a football player, if I was a football player, I would go out without a leg or my 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 whatever or niscus, whatever it is. Hey, bro, believe me, DeAndre Hopkins has nothing to prove to anybody True. and nothing to go out there and try. Now, there are some dudes, crazy fools <laughs> like myself, <laughs> who had no other alternative right. to make sure, you know, I'm trying to just make sure I can earn a living in this game. I'm not going to earn it if I'm sitting and watching other people play in my position, you know, that yes, type sir. of thing. Yes, but sir. for the realistic thought that if they're going to go in his knee and repair that, and then you think six weeks later, he's not just going to be able to, like I said, we're not talking about him just being able to get out of his car at the facility and walk inside the facility. Now you want him running at full DeAndre speed, Woo-hoo. cutting and turning, making some of those catches like he does and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Jay, I mean, to me, that would be a long shot. And I don't think it's something that, 
I think it's very realistic. But we'll let them tell us. And if they tell us, and maybe he's a great hero like J.J. Watt. Maybe, you know, be, <laughs> maybe they'll both make their dramatic return at the same time, you know? I hate you, man. I, I wonder if J.J. has an extra cape, though, that he can loan DeAndre so they can both come out the tunnel on that same glorious day. You know, my Batman brother. and Robin, dog. Batman and Robin. My brother, my brother, my brother. And I, I seriously, I, I think for those who listen to this to this podcast, seriously, you might say, I would do what I would do fill in the blank to run out on that field on the Sunday. Mm. But if you get but listen to if there is a if it'd be different if there was uh four weeks, I mean, you know, six weeks or eight weeks. Okay. Well, how come we couldn't come back in six weeks? I don't know, man. <laughs> but you came back in eight weeks. But if it's six weeks or three months, six times four is 24 weeks. That's a big disparity. Oh, so yeah. just give that a little bit of thought when you're trying to when If your favorite, if your player for your team that you root for doesn't come back on the low end of that particular type of uh, type of expectation, but I mean, it when, when I when I heard about the disparity, because when I thought when I heard six weeks, and I, I thought, yeah, six weeks at MCL that sounds a little bit, and I was thinking maybe it's just me, and then during the day I'm th- hearing that seems to be a little bit on the short end. But let's ooh, put it this, let's put it this into the equation as well, Jay. Yeah. Whenever you get a second opinion on any type of injury, it's not good news. Yeah. Because the first one, the, I, I've been there before. When they, <laughs> so they so, which, so it's going to be three weeks. Oh, I'm going to get a second opinion. It's going to be four weeks. I'm going to get a third opinion. <laughs> just, whenever it's going to be, gonna be four and a half weeks. Here's yeah. the thing. Whenever it's severe enough for them to say, we need a second opinion, like I want to, you know, that means you're not in belief of what they told you the first time around. True, Which, and then they double stamp it in the second opinion. That's when the reality hits. That's when it's like, well, it's a little, you know. Obviously, yeah, it is that bad. So, so before we head out of here, so if I'm pulling this, up, so if I'm pulling this up, we got on the on the nineteenth, we got the Detroit Lions that we're going to be facing the one eleven and one Detroit Lions. We have all this, I won't say turmoil, but I, what I will say is, as you mentioned, I'm laughing because it's, it, it's so apropos. Somebody tapping you on your shoulder, you turn around, hey, who is it, Ed? That ugly girl. It's COVID. Yeah, it's yeah. COVID. I mean, she, bro, she, she can got bold now. She's going to come out. <laughs> You know, start coming up and grab you by the shoulder and drag you on the dance floor. Not just tap you to, you know, say hey. Now it's like, hey, come on, I'm I'm taking you out on the floor. Man, that girl, she done lost all inhibitions, and every time you turn, every corner you go around, there she is. That's COVID. Man, so I want your thoughts on how you think this game will play out, and then secondly, are we? When I walked back into the crib today and talked to my oldest son, I said, man, I think. We might be heading for another sports shutdown. Now, America, America, no, no, yeah, we, we ain't trying to shut down. No. We're, trying to get, we're trying to get this money. Sports, too, they're trying to get this money, too. But your thoughts on how you think this Lions game will play out and what you what do you think about 
the the possibilities of the sports world saying, "Dang, man, we're not trying to do this, but we got to tap out." That you know, we'll keep it short on the lines. We've already kept our, li- our listeners here a long time talking about a lot of my my, my mess. Uh, this is a team right now, one eleven and one. We're going in there as fourteen point favorites. Yes, I'm not, once again, there's no such thing as an easy win in the NFL. But this is a game we should go over there and control and win. The only caveat I will throw out there is I watched those Lions earlier this year yes. uh, play against the Rams. Bruh, expect any and everything. When they went out there to play the Rams, two fake punts or whatever it was, with their, or fake onside or onside, uh, surprise onside kick, they might fake some field goals. They might go for it on fourth and ten on their own one-yard line. We don't know. So expect yes. everything. And I will say this much. I've done a couple of the Lions podcasts this uh this week already and they've all been like they're in despair and i said look i said you guys have some stuff to look forward to because although i thought dan campbell was a clown in the beginning talking about biting kneecaps and all that kind of stuff that team <laughs> is playing as hard as anybody else in this league Keep going, brother. Keep going, okay brother. yeah they are playing really hard they're not out of games they are giving it everything they've got they've lost a couple games that were you know you know, you lose on a 66-yard field goal by the you know the Ravens last play of the game. They've taken some leads into fourth quarters, so you know I give them a lot of credit. They are not giving up on anything. But the Cardinals, like I said we should go in there and take this game now for COVID. COVID, I is just just sweeping across not just sports but our country in general, and. The NFL has kind of, you know, at the beginning of the year, they kind of added the, all these extra practice squad guys, I think up to 12 or something like that. And, you know, thinking that's the solution. You know, everybody's going to have an extra 12 guys on the roster, so there's going to be no problem with us getting these games in. What's happened is COVID has come sweeping again. And you've got teams that are losing almost entire, you know, starting units with yes, these sir. numbers climbing, climbing, climbing. I don't care how many practice squad dudes you got on the on the roster, you're not going to be able to fill some of these holes. So I'm a little scared that the NFL has, okay, we're just going to up our protocols and we're going to do this and do that. Man, you might be fighting a losing battle. My, my worry is that they're not going to know when it's time or they're not going to they're not going to realize when it's time to maybe throw the towel in. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to be that dude that's driving. You start to see the smoke coming out your engine, bruh. And you're like, man, I only got 10 miles to get home. I'm not stopping. <laughs> and you know what happens, bro? That smoke starts coming up. All, you see, all of a sudden, you see, like, uh, steam coming out. And your True. windows start getting, you know, misty with the steam. And you still, I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping. Finally, you get home. And you realize, or you don't get home. You get five miles away from home. That yes, thing blows sir. up. And then when you get it, finally get it checked out, somebody was like, man, if you would have just stopped driving this thing a couple of miles, and put some water in it, you might have been okay. I just think yeah. the NFL, along with some of the other league, they're going to try to drive this thing till the wheels fall off. And I just hope the wheels don't fall off and uh, you end up in, on, on the side of the road somewhere with no way to get home. It's going to be interesting to see because we see some of these uh, some of these countries, like uh, I think uh, 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 football or soccer in, uh, in Europe has decided to, like, tap out until 2022 so we'll see mm-hmm. how that goes so hopefully uh, i mean i i just want people to be safe i'm, I'm yeah. a dude i'm gonna say i'm gonna do that i got vaccinated you don't get vaccinated i don't care 
just wear a mask. It's all good to me. Just just be just be safe. That's that's what that's what it comes down to. Well, let me know. I'm boosted, man. I just got my booster the other day. So I'm boosted. I wear it proudly too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm boosted. So, on behalf of the one and only Ed Easy Smith, I am Javon J. Love Adams. So, as we always say around this time, are you kidding? I just want to let everybody know I love my brother Jay. That's why we get along so well doing this show, and I appreciate everybody hanging out with us. And I just want to say because as we get toward the end of this year, man, yes, sir. everybody going to start reflecting. Everybody know I love my dude, so it's all good. That's it, and I love <laughs> my brother too as well. So, we'll see y'all next week. All right? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.